0: I interned for this dietitian about nutrition and how to change their lifestyle to, you know, help improve their symptoms or their current health condition and everything. And I just found that so fascinating. The root cause of so many issues in our gut and our hormone imbalances and just symptoms you might think like, oh my God, like why am I feeling like this? Is due to, you know, like poor gut health.
1: Today, on All Things Con Amor, we are joined by Jillian Sampaio, a dietetic student at the University of Maryland. We talk all things about what a registered dietitian is and what it entails, how to become one, how they differ from nutritionists, and struggles we have faced going into the healthcare field as Latina women. I didn't even know that becoming a registered dietitian was a career path that existed, and something I really love about our community is that I get to learn and share the things I learn with you all simultaneously. I have so much love for Jillian and her passion for leading a healthier life and helping others do the same, and I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all. All Things Con Amor is the pursuit of holistic health, wellness, happiness, love, The things that really set our soul on fire. Enjoy the ride. To start off, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to share your life experiences with all my listeners. To begin, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself to my audience and let us know where it is that you're at in life today?
0: Hi, guys. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me on here. I feel so honored to be featured on All Things Con Amor. Um, My name is Jillian. I am currently a dietetic student at the University of Maryland. I'm going into my senior year, and um, pretty much my goal in life is to become a registered dietitian and to help empower people to change their health, starting with nutrition mentally, emotionally, and physically.
1: I love how clear it is that you are on like your goals and your purpose, because it's just so much easier to get where you want to go when you know where it is you're going. So I, I love the way you portray that. Could you just talk a little bit about your relationship with food and health and wellness and how that's kind of evolved over time?
0: Yeah, for sure. It's definitely been like a long journey overall in terms of like how I got to my major, how my relationship is with food, with myself, and my body. Um, so pretty much, it all began like when I was younger. I was a little bit of more of a chunky kid. So obviously, when you grow older, you become more self cautious about things. And you know, like I was told by the doctors, you need to lose weight, and it was kind of just like telling me and advising me to lose weight. So when you're in high school and you're told that you need to lose weight, you kind of just Seek things that achieve that immediately. And when you don't have the background in nutrition, I feel like you'll opt and shift to ways that might not be the healthiest ways, which is how my relationship with food, you know, unfortunately in high school, it began to like go downhill because at the time I thought I was practicing habits that were so called healthy, it was helping me lose weight. But In reality, I was under eating and I know we had this talk the other day that like with high schoolers, unfortunately, or like when you're young, like you don't know what you're fueling your body and you don't know what's healthy and what's not. We don't have that education out there. So as I was getting older, you know, I started to be fascinated by how food can be medicine to one's body. And I started to just learn more about it. So I took a nutrition class my senior year of high school. And I just sparked so much interest within that realm. And I decided that, you know, that was like around the time that we wanted to apply to colleges and all that. And I was still a bit undecided. So I decided to go to community college for one year and kind of decide like if this is the, really the field that I want to go in because I didn't know much about the nutrition field. There's so many routes you can go in though. And then I found out that the University of Maryland offers a dietetic program, which is basically nutrition and food science. And the way the program works is that um, for dietetics specifically, it's a four year program like of undergrad. And it's all science focused with nutrition courses involved in the basic psychology and sociology and all of that. And once you complete those four years, you apply to an internship, which is basically equivalent to like the residency for a med student, but that's like our residency as a dietetic student. And then once you complete that, you take a board um, exam to get your credentials. And so that's my goal. That's the path that I'm on right now. After my senior year, I'll be going into that. So hopefully... Fingers crossed. (laughs) Everything goes well.
1: All the fingers are crossed and I have absolute faith in you. And for the listeners' background information, uh, Jillian and I just became really close because we ended up being each other's accountability partners, we decided to do a mile of movement per day or 30 minutes if like the weather was really horrible and it was pouring. And her and I did it for an entire 45 days. And with her dietetics background, she was including more fiber in her diet. And I was uh, trying to reduce how often I was eating sugar. Cause I had, I was eating sweets like twice a day, every single day, like craving it, it was getting really out of hand. Uh, So I really didn't want to be dependent on that anymore. And sugar is just really bad for your body, but I didn't want to be restrictive and cut it out. So her and I just completed a whole 45 days of it. It really, that's how we ended up getting so close because over some of the days where it was like really bad, And uh, we were just both really stressed. We would still motivate each other or we would, Jillian was so good at being super reassuring Um, when I was just like, I feel so bad. I didn't get outside today. I just have so many exams this week. She was always so kind and made me feel like, like reminded me to be nicer to myself, which I'm always trying to remind myself of. So I'm so grateful to her for that. So that was how we ended up also getting onto the topic of how it was so easy to fall into the trap of like calorie counting and things like that when we were in high school. And you don't really know what those calories are made of. And that's why people are so hungry when they're under eating, uh, especially with dangerous things like that. So thank you so much for sharing how that's all evolved for you over time. And when exactly did you pick uh, RD specifically as the career choice? Because I know you said there were a lot of different paths you could have taken with nutrition. How did you narrow that one out?
0: Right. Um, Really quickly to add on that 45 day challenge. I'm so glad we did that. Um, I think it was really helpful for both of us to have each other as accountability partners, because we both had really rough days. And just knowing at the end of the day that regardless, we kind of had each other for those 45 days. It was just an extra support, you know, and then we motivated each other to just get that little extra vitamin D on a walk, our steps in and Kind of just being more health cautious. In regards to the RD path that I chose, there's so many avenues in nutrition you can go to. You can go through um, research, you can end up being a research nutritionist or dietitian, you can continue getting your PhD. Um, It could be like a basic, I guess, pre-med undergraduate degree, because we do take a lot of like biological sciences, organic chemistry, all that gross stuff. And then you can go into being an RD. So I found out about being an RD because in my local food bank, I used to volunteer there like in high school for like those SSL hours and everything. And I actually came across a dietitian. And she would just like tell me like what she does on a day to day basis. Of course, she was doing that like as an extra help and because she wanted to help serve the community. But she told me about how she worked with patients, you know, um, with chronic disease or like diabetes, um, cardiovascular disease, and how she would create and educate nutrition plans and teach them about nutrition and how to change their lifestyle to you know help improve their symptoms or their current health condition and everything. And I just found that so fascinating. So I I dig deeper into that. And um, I found out that with becoming an RD, again, <laughs> there's different avenues with that as well. You can either be clinical focused, so you'd work at a hospital and then help, you know, the patients in the ICU or work in different the different departments there. Um, You can work in food service. So that's more of like the culinary aspect of nutrition where you um, can prep the meals or the people behind the scenes. Um, And then there's corporate nutrition. So basically you work for a big corporate company. I know that Apple, for example, they actually at their headquarters have a wellness center for their employees right? I know. I, that's I was like, so what? cool. Wow. Yeah. So they have like a wellness center pretty much with a local like dietitian for them there. Um, they have like chiropractors there. They have a gym, personal trainer, psychologist. I was so fascinated and I thought that's awesome. So that's just something on a corporate level, like working for a big company that might promote that. And then There's also more of like the private practice community-based nutritionists that um, they can work and go in the route they want to. Like if you're private practice, you can be more, um, you can either be like medical nutrition therapy based or deal with like functional nutrition, prenatal, different parts. That's why I love this degree and this field of study because we can just, Go so many places and choose what you want to do. There's not a lot of restriction.
1: I love that I am learning so much from you as we have this discussion. This was a big part of like why I wanted to do a podcast almost selfishly was to get to have these conversations that otherwise it could almost be seen as like prying when you ask this many questions in a row because I am technically interviewing my guests. Um, But even for people that don't want to go into nutrition, I think it's so important for them to learn and understand that it can be, it can exist on so many different levels because maybe um, if one of my listeners are in business and they someday have their own company, then they can pick up this idea to hire an RD. And similarly, it can really infiltrate the world in a much in a much bigger scale, which I think is super necessary because I personally am really, really passionate about nutrition and every single medical student doctor I talk to say they don't really know a lot about it because it isn't really integrated into the curriculum. Like in our classes, we learn, oh yes, this is a vitamin deficiency. And then you need to up this vitamin, but we don't ever get told like these foods are really high in this vitamin. And this is what you should tell your patients to introduce into their diet. It's so much easier to write a prescription for a vitamin D pill. Right,
0: right. Exactly. Not that supplements are like, you know, bad. You can get these sources from your foods directly. Yeah. And it's so much
1: better for your gut microbiome to get used to those diverse foods and absorb them naturally. In my opinion, like, yes, I will. I supplement, like I take vitamins every day. Um, but I do wish that I could get it straight from my meals.
0: Right. Exactly. And I love that, you know, you're studying, you know, and your focus is also on nutrition as a future physician. That's like another reason I feel like we connected so well with each other. You know, we prioritize this part of our health and like want to help other people in the future with it.
1: (laughs) Oh, I am too. And it nutrition just is such a bigger deal than people make it out to be. Like everyone's like, oh yes, eat your vegetables. But there are so many studies coming out right now that connect like the gut access to your like all of your hormones and like your mood, like the things you yeah. eat physically change your mood. They they call the gut the second brain. So the right. way your gut's functioning can really affect so many other parts of your body. And they can there are so many um, studies coming out right now about foods preventing cancer, preventing disease, like improving longevity. So super fascinating stuff. I hope to have specialists on in the future to discuss those specific foods. And when Jillian's in RD, she'll come back and tell us about them herself
0: too. Um, Yeah, (laughs) it's it's definitely like a route that I'm interested into functional nutrition. I interned for this dietitian called Lacey Dunn. If you guys um, haven't heard of her, check her Instagram out. It's faith and fit. You know, I learned so much from that internship because she has more of like a functional approach of finding like the root cause. And I just learned so much and was so fascinated how the root cause of so many issues in our gut in our hormone imbalances and just symptoms you might think like oh my god like why am I feeling like this is due to you know like poor gut health it's due to hormone imbalances it's due to like environmental factors that we might not be aware about cortisol stress like it's it's the devil.
1: So glad that I think society as a whole is really opening its eyes up to that. Like people are really shifting towards plant-based meals and just kind of finding that really balanced whole food diet that our bodies were made to have. I know you kind of went into how becoming an RD works with um the University of Maryland's program and then doing the internship after you graduate and the boards, but could you just really quickly go into the prereqs and kind of like what you went through taking those prereqs to pre- to clarify what prereqs are. Uh so I had to take like physics, chemistry, Um, biocalculus. Those were all prerequisites that schools that I applied to required in order for me to be able to apply. Uh, And so I know a lot of different fields have prereqs, but nobody ever really talks about what they are. For example, when I went into school as pre-dent, pre-dent and pre-med, pre-dental and pre-medical, they have the same prerequisites. But I, in high school, had no idea I was going to have to take physics to be a doctor. Like that was complete shock to me and I was kind of in too deep by the time it happened I mean I, I surprisingly I did well in the physics but the biocalculus the chemistry it was I had to take eight courses of chemistry I had to take orgo one and two and I did take gen chem one and two and biochem and that yeah. was like just things I wish I had known in advance so that I could have maybe right. somehow prepared for them and just things that I think the general public should know so that they feel a little bit more safe and um, trusting of their physicians, of their RDs. When they go to see like a professional that went to any type of graduate school, they know that there's a lot more that goes into the background education than what meets the eye. Um, So could you just explain the difference between like
0: RDs and other prerequisites that you had to take specifically for what you want to do? So same thing. I was on the same boat when I went to my community college. I was like, yeah, Maryland, you know, dietetics program, but I did not realize until the day I went for my orientation, signed up for my classes, how much science was involved. So I pretty much had to take same thing like general chemistries, um, organic chemistries, biochem one and two, mammalian physiology. We only needed elementary calculus. And I think that's it other than like the basic nutrition classes that you do need for your program, which is like uh, nutrition in the life cycle, introduction to nutrition, advanced nutrition of the human body. We had to take like a food service class, a medical nutrition therapy class. And that's all I can remember off the top of my head. I did take like a food microbiology class which was actually really interesting. But yeah, definitely a lot of sciences, more sciences than you would expect. And with the dietetics profession, it's like kind of difficult because a lot of the time they're under viewed and not seen for the amount of rigorous work that they actually have to go through. And then that's the whole thing with like the dietitians versus the nutritionists is that nutritionists are classified as someone who can, who just can like find some basic nutrition information online, like on healthline.com, like an article, and then they'll know basic nutrition knowledge and can call themselves a nutritionist. And a dietitian, on the other hand, is someone who actually goes through a four-year degree program and an internship, sometimes masters or doctorates, and then takes that exam to qualified by the state and licensed to practice don't get me wrong there's so many great nutritionists out there who like are very knowledgeable people who didn't go to school for it and you know provide great advice but in terms of the other people out there that audience that are selling those slim teas and promoting unhealthful habits to people that refer to themselves as nutritionists that's where like the problem occurs i feel like a lot of the time and so pretty much you know my goal also eventually is just to help people understand how dietitians can be useful and how much they really do study to help make an impact a positive impact on everyone's lives and soon in 2024 it's actually gonna require um the rd program is gonna require a master's for you to take your exam so soon that's gonna change yeah Wow.
1: um, It's so interesting to me when like the laws shift and kind of like put things in place like that. And when we're like in the midst of the laws, for example, I'm the first year that's going to be taking step pass, pass fail. Whereas every year before me has had a graded score for their step board exams, which we take at the end of second oh, wow. year. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see how that's going to shift residencies. Thank you so much for explaining the difference to us between a nutritionist and a registered dietitian because I personally didn't know. I knew that uh, an RD was much more official, but I had no idea like what the difference entailed, um, just that they were kind of different. So that's super helpful. And I think is important, especially with how much social media influences people nowadays, that I'm so glad my listeners will be able to tell the difference between the two. So in this entire process and journey, did you ever want to do something that wasn't uh, dietetics? Like before you really got into health and wellness? Did you picture yourself somewhere else?
0: Yeah, um, like I said before, in high school, you know, it was like, that's where my nutrition, um, my love for nutrition sparked, but I was really indecisive. I was, you know, at that age, you have to commit to a college, you have to identify the career you're going to do for the rest of your life. So I was actually leaning towards business. And I'm so glad that I did not do that. (laughs) because I do not see myself now after taking all these classes as hard as like the chemistries can be, I do not see myself appeal to business and, you know, general business, maybe having my own business. Okay. But in terms of business classes, I feel like those would bore me.
1: <laughs> That's so interesting. Cause I feel like up until you and I were close, I would have just assumed that you were the type of girl that was like in the business school and was going to wear like the suits and heels. Um, Because I, I feel like you are so sociable and you come across so well. And I think that's a really necessary skill in business. So I'm so glad to share your story with everyone and show that you can be inclined to take one path. And it's like a lot of people you know could be taking that path. But if you really identify something that makes you happy and that you're willing to look into on your own, it's worthy of pursuing a full career in it. Uh, in terms of your career, what direction do you see yourself taking? I know you said there's different types of RDs between like the clinicians and the corporates. And do you have like one you're really passionate about? Do you like working with patients like I do?
0: Yeah. um, I'm really passionate about, you know, like functional nutrition. I think the whole thing with like gut health and hormones and just how, you know, how your body works as a whole and identifying the root cause and then using foods to help improve your, whatever issues you're experiencing or helping you promote just better health and over uh, overall, that's, that's the route I want to go in. Um, I definitely think I see myself starting off as a clinical dietitian first, just so I can get exposure in like more difficult situations in a hospital or Um, somewhere in the clinical route. But I don't see myself in that long term, I do eventually think I want to be a part of a private practice or open up my own private practice, where I can um, have that functional approach and finding like the root cause and helping people from there anywhere from like fertility to, you know, just post menopause to helping, you know, women and how people improve their relationships with their food. You and
1: I are on the same wavelength because I feel the exact same way where I do plan on working in the hospital setting just to get that good exposure and make sure that I have a ton of other opinions to ask from while I get used to um, the common things we're going to be seeing. But then I do want to do some type of a specialization in functional medicine as well. Um, a big reason I applied to all DO schools was because I loved the osteopathic philosophy of um, looking at things holistically and seeking out the root cause, whereas allopathic medicine is super focused on the symptoms and treating the symptoms. Whereas right. logically to me, it just makes more sense to work on the thing that's causing the symptoms to begin with and kind of reverse it from there. I think I would much rather be the type of physician that helps my patients start to exercise every day or have a registered dietitian working with me to help them change their diet rather than automatically prescribing them a pill to take every day for the rest of their life, which there's nothing wrong um, with prescriptions. They are so so incredibly intelligent in the way they work in the body and they are necessary in so many cases. Uh, but I think that food is such a good solution in so many more cases than people think.
0: Right. So Right. I, I think I totally agree. I'm definitely excited to see like what both of us do in the future because you know, we do have that approach.
1: We're going on to a little Q&A portion. Um, So Jillian and I both held polls. So if you don't already follow the podcast, Instagram page, it's all things con amor. So what adversities have you faced on this journey and what advice would you give your past self about handling them?
0: So some things, some adversities that I've experienced throughout this journey is definitely like the struggle with the sciences. I was not a huge science person to begin with. Um, I struggled with chemistry, you know, when I transferred to the University of Maryland, and I found it really difficult for me at first to find the resources I need, because going from a community college to a like a business related degree, just jumping into like chemistry at a well known, intense university, it was definitely like, a huge kind of culture shock to me. And so I just found myself struggling with that specifically. So yeah, definitely the courses. But what I would give my advice to myself is know that you have resources out there. Although I was not verbally told or it wasn't shared by my professors that there were um, extra helpful resources out there. There is in every university or most universities, there is some sort of tutoring center for every subject and you know, unfortunately, they are hidden, but there's so many like different like minor fraternities or just tutoring groups or clubs and organizations that are there to help the students. So that's something that I wish like I knew beforehand, and that's something I definitely take advantage of now. Another adversity that I have faced is as a Latina girl. Um, I feel like sometimes cultures can be unseen, and I think in the realm of nutrition specifically, what I've seen is that. Um, you know, it's a very white dominant profession. So I think, you know, when you come here, like if you're someone an international student, for example, like I've met a few international students, they're like, I don't know what to eat. Like the food here is completely different than what I eat at home. You can't just put them on a kale salad, and understand what type of foods they're used to at home and help them incorporate where they might be getting that or where they can get that in the local grocery store and how to make those specific meals a little more healthful and make swaps according to where they're from. And one way that I'm overcoming that now is I want to be able to represent, you know, my culture as half Brazilian, half Peruvian. I want to be able to understand, you know, my Latina girls and my Latina family out there And help them know that they're not alone. And I want to be that person that can help promote change in the nutrition industry um, to let them feel heard and acknowledged and let them know that there's another and there's a bunch of health professionals out there that are there to support them and help guide them through every way and every path that they're in.
1: I'm just over here like beaming at you. That warmed my heart so much because a lot of um, my pursuit of medicine, one of my friends one time, she actually called me spiteful because (laughs) I got so mad that people kept telling me that it was going to be too hard for me and that. It, they were like, "Oh, well, you're pretty. You could just marry rich or whatever, and you don't need to put yourself through all of these years of work. Or why do you want to do all of the debt and the years of medicine? You could just do PA school." And I was like, "What? What is there that's so wrong about me wanting to be a physician and not being able to be multifaceted?" And I could not find a female Latina physician to advise me on what to do, and so a lot of my childhood was spent like translating for my abuelita at doctor's appointments. And I was like, I want to be that doctor that can understand my patient, like on their level, because I understand their culture. And I, so I love cultural competency and really that concept of meeting people where they are. So that's, that's my little rant about it. When someone (laughs) tells you, you can't do something, you just, you got to prove them wrong. Not necessarily for their sake, but for your own sake, to prove to yourself that you are so capable of anything you even slightly want. If you want something, if if you dream of something, it's meant for you. You came up with it, you know, in the back of your mind. If you work at it every single day, it will
0: be yours, in my opinion. 100%. No, 100%. I think that if an opportunity is presented to you, and it's something that spikes your interest, like, why not go for it? You can do anything. And you know, Unfortunately, minorities are underrepresented. And I feel like a lot of the times people might steer away from a profession because they might not seek that specific culture in their profession and they're intimidated by it. But, you know, that's why us as future Latina health professionals, you know, I know that's something that we do want to change and help encourage those other people out there who might be scared.
1: Totally agree. I couldn't have said it better myself. The next question we had out of our QA was What is your opinion on intermittent fasting? So, what do you know about it? What do you think of it?
0: So, my personal opinion of intermittent fasting, um, I did it for a while and I currently don't do it anymore. However, um, when I did do it in the past, I do find that it was a somewhat sustainable way in weight loss in the sense that instead of focusing on the weight loss portion of it that you know science might back up or that other people are claiming is that I think it's a good way to help your body understand its hunger cues. A lot of the times like we're dealing with stress, we might overeat or snack at night or vice versa, we might undereat and you know I think with an intermittent fasting that window um I don't think people should be as strict with that window because I know there's different intermittent fasting. Some of them are like 18 hour windows. Some of them are just 12. Yeah. Really quickly. If you're um, not strict with it. Yeah.
1: For the listeners that don't know what intermittent fasting is, it's just eating within a specific window of time. There's a lot of schools of thought that um, our bodies aren't made to eat constantly the way that we do because thinking about it evolutionarily, like, humans and their origins caught a meal a day and they ate it and then they might not have eaten for a few days or they might not have eaten until the next day. There wasn't this constant supply of food the way we have nowadays. So that's uh, the background to it is that you eat for like eight hours of the day and then you don't eat for the next 16. Um, And I think it's much more important to follow circadian rhythms. So like the light, in the daytime and like Jillian saying your hunger cues, but just for people that have never heard of what intermittent fasting is before, that's kind of like what it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, so yeah, again, you know, the hunger cues, I think it's a great guide for your body to kind of understand and acknowledge when it's hungry, when it's full, but it's also When it comes to someone who's suffering from like more of disordered eating or disordered eating habits of like under eating or not eating enough, or something along those lines, it's kind of a red flag. And that's when I wouldn't, you know, encourage that intermittent fasting or for people to try it. But overall, I don't think it will cause much harm as long as you're not restricting yourself too much. Um, And I think it's a good way for your body to understand when it's hungry and when it's not.
1: I agree. And I think intuitive eating is kind of like the goal for me, especially with my history of stressing about food. Um, And so eating when I'm actually hungry is something that I've been really, really working towards because like Jillian was saying, it's so easy to just pick up a snack when you're stressed or like I'm sad. So I'm going to go buy myself a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Like that's not how food should be enjoyed. Food should be viewed as nourishment for our bodies. So who are people that you personally look up to in the health and wellness industry? Uh, So inspiration that you really love their content so that my listeners have somewhere to go for some
0: good health and wellness. There's so many people I honestly like follow in terms of promoting anywhere from mental health, health to like physical health, and um, just overall well being. I really like... Shut the Kale up. I don't know if you've heard of her. Um, She made her Instagram back a while ago and she's um, followed by so many people, but she posts just some real raw stuff. Um, She is a mom of two kids and she's on a life journey with loving her body and, you know, making positive nutrition encouraging positive nutrition habits anywhere from her kids to herself but she is in a lifelong journey of loving her body and she shares that with people raw and i think that's really hard to find with a lot of people out there because everyone's all about showing you know their good and like fun times but she is just really real with her followers and she posts some really yummy recipes and you know, for moms out there. I'm not a mom, but I still like watching her little content with her kids. Um, I also really like Bio Lane. He is a PhD in nutrition. He is a bodybuilder. I am nowhere near interested being a bodybuilder. But he is so smart. He posts some real, you know, truth on nutrition in terms of Just from more sedentary people to people who want to bodybuild, because I feel like in terms of the fitness industry, when it comes to nutrition, there's a lot of false information that goes around. So he's definitely a super knowledgeable guy um, that I love his nutrition facts that he shares. I learned so much. I also really like Whitney Simmons for, you know, workouts, physical um, health. I also really like the RD, Rachel Goodeats. Um, she posts some really good nutritious recipes on there and say she's also a personal trainer, posts some good workouts on there. And then lastly, registered dietitian, um, Lacey Dunn, Faith and Fit on Instagram. She is a hormone queen. She is an absolute madhouse when it comes to everything about hormones and women's health and um physical health. So definitely check them out. There's some really knowledgeable people that will provide you with some great information.
1: I think it's so funny that you mentioned shut the kale up because I love her. She's the type of person where if she's tired, she will say that she's tired. And she's like, I don't want to hear you say anything about it, but I am tired. And I'm like, I'm tired too. So (laughs) thank you for saying what we're all thinking. Like she's, she's the type of person that will really speak her mind and I admire her for it. Um, I also love Whitney Simmons just seems like the kindest human being with people that have a really huge platform. I always hope that they are as kind and genuine as they come off, but I think it would be hard to fake it that much of the day all the time. So I, I believe it for the most part. Right. Um, and I'm excited to check out the other RDs that you mentioned to see more recipes because yeah. I definitely need to cook a new variety of things. I eat kind of the same thing every day, but we're getting there. <laughs> And where can our sweet listeners find you and keep up with you in the future? Because I know they're going to want to see you become this beautiful, successful queen in the health industry as well.
0: You guys can feel free to follow me on Instagram. Um, right now my handle is at Healthy Eats by Jillian. Try to post more educational content out there and some delicious recipes for you all. And I
1: will have it like perfectly spelled out and linked in the show notes in the description of this episode. So thank you so much for spending your evening chatting about the health industry and food and uh, kind of
0: life with me. I am so grateful for your existence and your friendship. Thank you so much again for having me on here. I'm so glad that you know you slid into my DMs that one day to do that accountability challenge and and thank you again for having me on here. It's such a great podcast that you have going. I think it's going to make such a change in people's lives. Thank you so much for spending your time with
1: us today. If you enjoyed this episode or know someone that might get something out of it, sharing is the biggest way that you can help me continue to make these. These conversations bring me so much joy, and I am so grateful to have you here because without you they wouldn't exist. So I'll see you next time, and feel free to stay caught up with us on Instagram at all things amor or on my page at Stephanie Arnock. Have a beautiful rest of your day.